Hi, bonjour. I'm Gina Suru, and you're listening to the Paris International Film Festival podcast. In each episode, I dive into film distribution or filmmaker strategy or a challenge who's used a disruptive way to get meaningful films out there in these transition times. Whether you're a filmmaker excited to embrace on your normal or simply interested in hearing some filmmaking and distribution tips, this is for you. Bonjour, nous sommes en Paris International Film Festival. Je suis Leslie Hunter, the moderator, et je suis très contente. I am very pleased to introduce Anna and Hilary Shakespeare, writer of, writers of Soundtrack to 16, um, as well as Scarlett Marshall and Gina Wilson, who played the lead roles Ben and Macy in Soundtrack to 16, uh, which was winner of the London Independent Film Festival in 2019 and prize winner of Schlingel Film Festival in 2020. Um, to those of you who are listening, we are really excited to have you here with us and you can go and see uh, Anna and Hillary's movie in the virtual cinema, which should be in the bottom right of your screen. So welcome to you all. <laughs> so happy to have you here. Uh, I guess let's just jump right into it. So Anna and Hillary, I found Soundtrack to 16 to be like very interesting and wildly entertaining. Um, what inspired you all to come up with this coming of age story? Well, yeah, it was, it was mostly based on um, our kind of experience of being 16. Um, so uh, we wrote it kind of with in mind, sort of Ben was like more, Um, Ben's character, the boy's character, was more kind of my experience being 16 and Maisie's was more uh, Hillary's. Yeah, I was just kind of trying to capture all the kind of embarrassing things that happened to us when we were 16 and um, sort of stringing them together into, um, into a story. Um, we actually came up with the name before we came up with the film and then we had like all these kind of memories. I think we'd written everything down of like what happened to us when we were 16 and like all the kind of like funny bits or like things we want to get across and then we kind of tried to impose the structure on it afterwards um so the first thing was just like gathering all the little bits we wanted to get in mm. and then having the name and then putting the structure on afterwards awesome yeah i it that's that's very cool i just i watched the film and i literally like took myself back to those years it's been a while but <laughs> but it definitely pulled me right back so i really Uh, connected with my younger self, for better or worse, in watching in watching your guys' films. Um, what stuck out to you about Scarlett and Gino that convinced you that they were perfect for the roles of Ben and Macy? I think they just had the kind of qualities we imagined in them that were, um, well, first of all, you guys did a great job of the bits, and then we kind of felt there was just a real kind of, that sort of innocent, vulnerability to both of you, I think, that, that really, um, I don't know. Because I guess they still, like, we wanted people who were still either teenagers or, I guess, were you guys, what, ni 19, 20, maybe not both 19, I think, at the time, and, like, still had the feeling of being, um, of being that age, like, there wasn't kind of that feeling of, like, you know, I, like, trying to be older or, um, Yeah, just like kind it, of more like glamorous teenagers like you get in those like shows. Yeah, <laughs> and there was kind of just this like sweetness in both of you that felt very, yeah, in both of them that felt very um, ripe for 
for the kind of vibe we wanted, which I think is is kind of like yeah, I guess like you were saying, like reminding you of um, of yourself. I think you can kind of with Gino and Scarlett, people who are quite easy to relate to. Like I can kind of when I watch their faces, quite easily put myself in their position. Um, so I guess it was that. I think with the auditions, we did like the most sort of cringy scenes. Yeah. And <laughs> I was definitely feeling like really cringy <laughs> watching it um, in a good way, you know, so. Yeah, it's like we did the, um, the I Never scene with, with Scarlett, um, which is kind of the most stressful scene in the film. So, it's like everyone's waiting to hear what, whether she's had her first kiss. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think I'm, I do remember feeling quite stressed watching it. And it was like, you know, if, if you really care about her getting away with this, with this lie, then, um, then it's going to work. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I do remember when I watched that scene myself, I also was like, oh, no, because, you know, <laughs> you remember those times where you got a peer pressure. And, and um, yeah, and, and, you know, on that topic of, um, like, the first kiss, I know Maisie gets a lot of crap, for lack of better words, <laughs> for not having had her first kiss, you know, so whether it was from the popular kids or the young girl she went trick-or-treating with that I think mentioned like, I've already been kissed three times. Um, so why was everyone being so mean to her about this? Um, any of you can answer as well. And why is having your kiss at 15, 16 so important? I guess I don't, I mean, I don't think it's important, but I know that when I was 16, I hadn't had my first kiss and it was so, it was like, my absolute worst fear that it would be like, I mean, my best friends knew, but it was just the idea that it would like come out and I'd have to express it to a whole group of people and they'd all think I was like some child. It was just so, I was so stressed about it all the time. So I was trying to think like, when I was trying to write, you know, what, what was it like to be 16? I just, every time I was in one of those party situations, I was like, oh my God, what if someone asks me if I've had my first kiss? Um, I was terrified. So, um, I don't know, I think, I don't think people care like they were like directly mean about it, but it was just sort of like, if people found out, they'd assume you were like really innocent and like, you were like a prude or something. And I don't know, I was just like, well, I just haven't like, I haven't found a boy to kiss. <laughs> oh, I went anywhere. <laughs> it's not my personality, it's just there's not a boy there. So. <laughs> exactly. And, and Gino and Scarlett, um, being uh, closer to this age demographic of the characters you played in this film, at least opposed to someone like myself or an older adult or an adult in general, uh, that's not a young adult watching this film. Um, did you relate a lot to your characters based off of even just personal experiences that you had in middle school, high school? Yes, yeah, Scarlett, do you want to go first? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I definitely did. I think it's it's quite a minority of people who are the cool kids and unfortunately for the rest of us everyone probably had those kind of painful awkward experiences it's still quite raw when you're in your late teens so I definitely related quite a lot to the characters. Yeah I'm, I'm the same um, as a 16 year old I was quite studious myself and the groups of the group of friends I had was very um, but all just quite nerdy and so I kind of like when he's when Ben's interacting with his friends, I just I was like, yeah, this is how I would interact with my friends. <laughs> so it's it's not really too much different. Um, 
and at 16, I didn't, I don't think I'd had a first kiss either. So, um, but then, I don't know, I didn't feel a pressure to, so I don't know, that's an interesting topic. Um, but yeah, I, I relate to the character massively uh, at that age. Totally, and, and for, you know, speaking of your character, for Ben, um, grades seem to be very important uh, to him. And I remember him in the bathroom, been in the bathroom tearing up, I believe it was his physics project and flushing it down the toilet, which I mean, it was funny from a viewer's standpoint of view. Uh, but you know, when he got that C, he was all uh, upset. And then there were other moments such as uh, with the physics exam, just like worrying excessively, not even thinking about showing up. Um, why was Ben, and this can be whether Hillary, uh, Anna or Gino, uh, why do you feel that Ben was sort of fixated on his grades, maybe more than the average student. Um, but I mean, from an actor looking at the character, I felt that he just placed a lot of his value and self-worth on the grades he could get. Um, and maybe because he didn't have a girlfriend, he didn't have many friends, he kind of thought this was, he's always been known as the smart one. And so if he doesn't get these grades, then what has he got? Because people rely on him to be the clever one. Um, so I think that was a, a driving force behind his like, determination. But what's really funny is that in that scene where you are ripping up the um, homework and flushing down toilet, it was <laughs> boiling. It was about 35 degrees that day. Oh my um, God. And poor Anna had to keep dipping her hand into the U-bend to pull the paper out, and then we kept doing it again. <laughs> I was just having a flashback to you saying that to, um... Matt, the sound recorder's going, why is he tearing that up with a C? A C was good, right? <laughs> yeah. But I guess, yeah, as, as Gia's saying, like it, I think it is like that thing of like that, that his, his thing, Ben's mm. thing. Yeah. And that kind of, that story, I guess, Lana was saying, that was slightly based on what your, her biggest fears were around sexting, because she was like really studious. <laughs> Yeah, because I kind of like when at that age I was like, oh, I'm not really gonna bother having friends. Like, oh, so this is this will be my thing. So then if it if it goes wrong, you're like, oh god, I've got nothing left. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was kind of that was kind of what Ben's character is based on, like that that kind of age, um, mine. But um, yeah, I think exams yeah. are quite traumatic for a lot of people. And, like, oh my gosh. Like some friends yeah. that consider not, and well, actually some friends that did not go to some exams. Because they just like, I mean, at university as well, but where they were just like, I'd just rather not go at all at this point. So I, I was think, thinking, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt, go ahead. Oh no, I didn't really have much more to say. I was saying it's like really, it's, a, it's I guess, another like massive fit, like stress for teenagers. I was thinking that, I mean, I, I thought a couple of uh, things when I was watching that scene um, about Gino, AKA Ben, <laughs> the character. Um, thinking about skipping his exam. The first was I could, again, relate. I literally took me to like this, I don't know if it was good, maybe a visceral reaction, but I um, imagined myself, I remember the night before one of my exams and it was a history exam. So when you kind of diverted from your physics studying and went to history and you're like, why am I studying for history? It made me think about one night I literally stayed up like all night, I basically pulled an all-nighter um, and was like cram, cramming information last minute for my history exam. And uh, I actually ended up doing pretty good, but I just, you know, you um, actually kind of 
playing that all out and your character Ben was like, wow, it's bringing me right back. And then also um, what uh, uh, one of you, uh, Hillary Anna mentioned, was about you know some people even skipping exams. I was thinking when I watched the movie, like when Ben was thinking about skipping, how do they even do that? I mean, I'm assuming you have to take the exam even if you skip it that day. I don't know how schools uh, can't recall, but it made me think about that. Yeah, I mean, I guess here you can you can retake it, but you have to retake it with like the next batch of exams. So you know, that's one of the things we cut because we had the VO and going, I can just retake it next year, and then we were like. We can't put that in the VO because then, like, who gives? Like, no one's gonna care. Yeah, I kind of know the stakes. So we were like, yeah, yeah. let's just take it. Okay, we'll just get rid of that, so everyone's more stressed. Exactly. Exactly. Definitely triggered a lot of memories. So I mean, good job because I was literally like, man, I feel like I'm right back here. <laughs> um, in terms of you know grades being important for. Uh, ben, inclusion or wanting to fit in was definitely also uh, a theme I found in Soundtrack to 16, particularly for Maisie, who seemed to do whatever she deemed necessary, whether lying, kneeling to eat lunch on the ground in the cafeteria, um, etc. to, oh, look at her backing. Yeah, where is Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I noticed she was in Okay, she's. Oh, she's in the waiting room. Let me try oh, the back Okay, there you are. Hello, sorry about that. <laughs> no, no problem. I hope you weren't gone long. I, I noticed, you know, about five seconds ago you were here. So, well, welcome back. Um, I'll, I'll start the question again because it may be something that, yeah, it's regarding your character as well. So I was mentioning that, in, you know, just like grades were important to uh, Ben, inclusion or wanting to fit in was definitely a theme in Soundtrack to 16 particularly for Maisie, uh, who seemed to do whatever she deemed necessary. I was saying whether lying, uh, kneeling to eat, <laughs> you know, lunch on the ground in the cafeteria, um, et cetera, to portray the solution that she was accepted and liked. So why, why was it so important for Maisie to fit in or be perceived as, as likable? I mean, I think that's important to everyone, isn't it, all the time, all through life. But when you're a teenager, and there's so much extra pressure to like to fit in and to look a certain way and to be friends with the right people. Um, yeah, I think everyone finds it hard. And Maisie made her choice and how to go about it, which wasn't necessarily the best way to do things. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right, but I I, I can relate. Um, I can relate somewhat to that. I was probably more like uh ben uh the character of ben where my grades were important but like you said who who doesn't want to be like and i i i love that you showed the parallel that the parallel was shown between a high school student that uh is really like grade obsessed and then one that is really obsessed with you know having friends and doing things at all costs because i feel that uh most most kids could relate to one both or you know one either or both so that was that was really great that you did that um, you know, I, I'm more curious, I'm very curious about Maisie's relationship with her sister. They seemed to be genuinely close, but there were also moments where Maisie seemed to shy away from playing with her and the stuffed animal friends <laughs> that they used to drink tea with. So I sense a type of tension that Maisie struggled with regarding her relationship with her sister. Uh, tell me more about that. Either of you guys, any of you guys. Yeah, so that was like, um, I guess, not, not so much based on us and that we didn't, I mean, as sisters, we, 
we were more like we did do all the playing with the toys and, and stuff like that and Hillary kind of because Hillary was like we were you know best friends as, as kids and so we would do like what I wanted to do those games um and so I think sometimes you did realize like oh I you know I'm 15 and I'm still playing with like Slovenians or Playmobil or whatever else it was um so that was kind of based on like our um yeah, I think oh, there was a time where I suddenly thought, oh no, what if I, what have I seen more like a, like 10 year old than I do like a teenager? And I think it was a bit of a kind of, I guess I remember like friends coming over and Anna being like, okay, now we're all going to play together, right? And I was like, shut up, you can't make my friends play with dolls. <laughs> like, um, so I think there was a bit of a period where I kind of pulled away a little bit. Um, but... Yeah, I'd be like outraged when your friends came over and weren't playing with me. Like, what's going on here? Something's gone wrong. <laughs> so it did kind of add to the embarrassment, you know. I mean, I don't think that my whole teenage time was exactly like Maisie's and that she's so concerned about people think she, thinking she's innocent and stuff. But I think, yeah, it was definitely a concern that everyone thought I was like, that everyone around me was like these cool teenagers. And I was like, essentially still a child surrounded by teenagers, but supposed to be more of a teenager. So I guess it's like, that's sort of one of the things that I think Maisie's going through of being like, there's no reason why I'm young, like appear, appear younger than everybody else. So. Yes, and, and and I mean, the even one of the, the scenes with the stuff, and well, there were two that, um, maybe there were more in the, the film, but two that uh, really like stuck out to me and that I found uh, funny, you know, which was the invisible soup when they were first eating there around the time where Maisie gets the call from, uh, you know, the girl that got invited to the party and she didn't. And um, I'm about to call you Maisie, but Scarlett, your, your character, just hilarious. I mean, um, you, you, you played it so well. I think throughout the whole movie in general, I was cracking up. Um, but uh, I remember in that scene, you you just encaptured uh, it so well. And, you know, it just, it, it was hilarious. Um, as well as the, the scene where uh, at the, uh, I think it was near the end of the movie where Maisie, you were playing again, or Scarlett, uh, your character Maisie was playing again with her sister and the stuffed animals. I remember they were playing out that one of the animals witnessed the other's husband having an affair and it definitely gave me the chuckles. <laughs> so that was great. Um, you know, another scene that uh, I thought was great, I know I sound repetitive, but I just, this your film really, uh, <laughs> really struck, struck a positive chord with me and uh, a humorous one at that. Um, one of the scenes which I also found entertaining was when uh, Macy and Ben were sitting next to each other on the bus and Ben was doing this sort of quirky, funny internal dialogue, the voiceover of what he was thinking um, and what he wanted to say. Who came up with the idea of this uh, kind of internal dialogue spoken out loud and what was its purpose? It was kind of one of the first things we came up with, I think, um, that was kind of like, I guess we wanted to capture the 16 year old thing and we felt like teenage well it's like one of the main things about being that age is how it's so different inside your head and how you're acting we really wanted to show that that like the person inside wasn't necessarily how they looked on the outside um so but then i guess it also was just a great source for comedy for them to be saying things like that are kind of completely conflicting with what they're thinking um yeah but we kind yeah. of um we also kind of rewrote a lot of the voiceovers after we'd filmed it because it was kind of fun to 
um, and also useful to be able to sort of patch up things that we cut and um, yeah. Yeah, it kind of was, it was such a useful tool for like framing everything because um, especially those those voiceovers at the very beginning, we changed quite a lot and played with them and tried to get in like, I guess what we kind of wanted was them to be quite stream of consciousness. Um, like I think kind of the um, the downfall and the problem with like voiceovers sometimes you can go quite like expositiony. Um, and when we did notice that with some of the scenes, we just cut it completely. So we did have like um, voiceover in the uh, I Never scene where Maisie's lying. And it was kind of like Maisie was saying in her head like, oh, I'm lying now. I mean, it was it was not like, you know, written like that, but it was like, should I lie? Should I not? And then when we watched it without voiceover, it was like Scarlett's face was just saying that like mm-hmm. anyway, her face is just going like, god this is awful and can i lie can i get away with it and we just thought we just don't need that vo in the end so we kind of stripped it down um when we were editing and just went for the i mean you know most of it was kind of stream of consciousness anyway but just made sure that that was kind of the line we were taking also especially like because you're saying when they were because you guys learnt your voiceovers and kind of did faces to match them. Yeah. Sometimes when we took them out, it was almost like, because your face was saying that line so much, it was like you were still doing the line. So. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because we'd sometimes read out the, when we were doing it, we'd read out voiceovers sometimes. I mean, either they'd memorise them or we'd read them out to make sure everything fit time-wise. So it'd be like, you know, you say, you read out the voiceover and then they're making the face to match it exactly. Um, yeah. So it kind of, yeah, as you say, some of those lines got in, in the yeah. facial expressions anyway. But conversely, when we were, because we recorded the voiceovers after in post-production, and I remember you'd watch the clips back and you'd be like, what, why was I putting that face? I have no idea how that relates to the line I'm trying to say at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely seems like it would be an interesting task, as you described, to record something live and then kind of observe uh, oh wow, you know, why, you know, how my, how does that match with that? And so that that's got to be an interesting. I'm sure that was a very interesting uh, <laughs> a process. So cool. And then the the love connection, of course. I don't want to put that off because the love connection and the romantic tension was evident uh, between Maisie and Ben. Tell me more about the development of their friendship and romantic relationship. And, uh, you know, why you decided to kind of lay out uh, the flow of the relationship uh, as you did in the film. I guess their relationship was kind of like my, what I wished had happened to me when I was 16, didn't have a kiss. Because I went to a girls' school, didn't know any boys, and then I just ride the bus and think, it'd be so great if I just like met a boy on the bus. That's literally the only place I could meet one. So, and then I guess it was sort of like, that would have been my dream relationship, you know, meet a boy in the bus and they just become a friend and revise together. It's not big dreams. <laughs> so, um, so I feel like that was kind of, um, yeah, I guess that was kind of the basis for it. And I think the chemistry kind of just came from casting you guys together because we did auditions um, together with you and you kind of, I felt that like you just kind of worked together really well. Yeah, and they meet quite late on in the film. So you kind of, have, I think you have time to like get a picture of what kind of problems they're solving for each other because mm. like I think um, yeah when when Ben comes in for Maisie it's like she finally has someone who accepts her 
um, especially because she's given up all the people who did. So, um, so we kind of wanted it to be, yeah, to have time to like know what their lives were without each other. So that when they did come into each other's lives, you kind of saw what they did. There's also something quite charming about the way Ben and Maisie have never done it before. And you, you're, you're watching them sort of go through all the awkwardness that like 16 year olds do go through um, and like getting to know each other. And especially the bus scene, there's a lot of, there are certain bits where Ben has to really feel sympathy for Maisie and he's just not listening because he's <laughs> thinking about, his mind is going off about these other things. And then, so if that happens when you're 16, you, you're trying to, you're still trying to get to grips on how to be, you know, sympathetic with people and um, understand emotions and for yourself and other people. So it's, 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 it's it was fun um, sort of working through that and going back in time to how novice like we were <laughs> yeah. to like relationships and you know when you mention you know about of course 16 year olds or uh young uh kids slash teenagers not being that natural like empathetic you know and having to gear yourself i you're right but then on top of that i actually found ben in certain ways to be almost like emotionally advanced because I remember, you know, again, being 16 and I remember some guys not even trying <laughs> such as your kid at all, you know, or even trying to talk themselves through being more empathetic. So that I thought was like kudos to Ben. And then on top of that, in the beginning of the movie, I uh, remember that bit when they were doing the internal dialogue or voiceover uh, of Ben, I remember him mentioning something about, oh, I'd like to be a physics professor, maybe at Oxford, or, and as well as um, I'd like to be married with, and I'm like, what? What 16 year <laughs> thinks that far <laughs> ahead? So I, I appreciate what you say, but I also found Ben's uh, character in that way, you know, more mature, mature uh, and, and emotionally advanced, I thought, than the average 16 year old boy. <laughs> Yeah, he, he has got, he's got ideas about his station, I think, <laughs> about, about what, what life should be like, and I want that, but he has no idea how to get there, he just True. wants that. <laughs> so it's, it's the emotional, um, like the childishness of it, but um, he has grown up ideas, but a childish sense of That's right. emotion. Yeah, know. totally right. And um. Uh, Gino, Scarlett, what did you enjoy most about uh, playing these roles and just working on uh, Soundtrack to 16 in general? Um, I think it was just such a nice group of people. Like everyone working on it was so enthusiastic and like fun to be around and also playing characters that are so kind of naive and quite amusing can just be a lot of fun. Yeah, the same. It, it was a lovely team to work with, and like turning up every day, it didn't feel like a hardship. Yeah, it, it was just, it was, it was lovely, and um, <laughs> I wasn't paid to say that. <laughs> the crew, <laughs> the crew um, just got on really well, and and like yeah, me and Scarlett hit off straight away um, from the audition process. So it it just didn't feel like work. It was just it was fun creating something that we knew other people would really like as well. That's great. They say you enjoy what you do when it doesn't feel like work. So that's, um, that's really wonderful to hear. Are, is there anything else that 
any of you would like to add or mention um, either about the film or anything uh, regarding Soundtrack to 16 that I didn't cover or ask you about? Right? <laughs> Nothing in particular that I can well, think of. It'll be the first time it's watched with French subtitle, well it's French premiere obviously, but um, yeah. That'll be uh, that's the first. So yeah, pretty exciting to be sharing in France. So yeah. yeah. And obviously, thanks to Jenna for um, that's the film. Yeah, we're excited to steal the film. So, yeah, that's, she's been as great. And, uh, and I, I'm really glad that uh, she, that Soundtrack to 16 is a part of the, the Paris International Film Festival because, again, I, not saying I would have never <laughs> stumbled upon it, but it gave me the opportunity to watch it. And um, again, just absolutely loved it. And so I want to thank uh, you so much, Anna, Hillary, Scarlett, Gino, for your time today. It was a pleasure uh, doing this Q&A with you. Uh, and the Paris International Film Festival, so happy to have you. Much continued success to all four of you. <laughs> thank you.